Coming up next, it's a tribute to X-Ray Burns on in, oh, God bless him. on in Real Life with Emily and Kimzilla. We'll see you next week, Andy. Thanks, brother. See you then. Featuring X-Ray Burns. Ah. Live rock and roll. Live rock and roll. The IBJ holiday party is on. We are amongst you. You can watch it on the web. You better come here live. If you're within the sound of my voice on the radio, you can get here on time. Jonesy, X-Ray Burns. Ah. Live rock and roll. Ah, it's beautiful, Jones. Beautiful. Like Marlo Thomas told us, Jones, this is the only time when we're here at home on the great stage at WFMU that I finally feel that we are free to be you and me. This is the only time, Sunday between noon and 3 p.m., especially today, uh, when I feel alive! listening to In Real Life on WFMU. Uh, I'm Emily. 
And I'm Kim Zilla. We've got a special guest here tonight. We do. Yeah, we're joined in the studio by Nicole. Hi, Nicole. Hello. <laughs> we're going to have to find your sweet spot in that microphone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just keep talking until uh, yeah. until you hear your own like head. That. In the meantime, welcome, welcome, welcome. For those that don't know, in real life, we're pretty awesome people. So let's just get that out of the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I understand we might have some people that are joining us who might be new. Um, so we're happy to have you. Yeah. Well, we're doing a well. We're doing a bit of a tribute tonight uh, for the great X-ray Burns. A legend. A real legend. Yeah. He was a fantastic guy. He was uh, the co-host. Uh, with the Mo host mm-hmm. on the Glenn Jones radio program on Sundays. And I don't know about you, but uh, I always felt like I was driving in the car in the back of the seat while these guys just drove around Kearney in the worst streets of, yeah. not the worst streets, <laughs> but just the, yeah. Well, they were a little dingy. You probably streets. don't want to like, you lock was, your doors. I was familiar with them. Yeah. I just didn't want to go there. But now I kind of, I picture them. Yeah. And I kind of sometimes know some of the neighborhoods, too. They were the first thing I learned about when I learned about WFMU. The very first thing that I heard about when I learned about WFMU was um, Glenn Jones breaking the the on-air record. That was oh, like, really? That was like the is first. That, your ins- that was Yeah, that was my like the first thing that I heard about. And I was like, who is doing this craziness? <laughs> um, and and it's that's what they're that's what they're up to. Um and uh and they're just such an institution here at the station i don't really think you can know about fmu and not know about jonesy and x-ray yeah they're kind of uh synonymous is that a word they're synonymous synonymous. yeah they're sort of synonymous with the station they really are they really are and they always have been for me because they were they were sort of the first thing I heard about when I heard about FMU. And so to me, they've, they, what they do, yeah. you know, their chemistry, their authentic, authenticity, their sort of wackiness and, and heart combination um, and irreverence and, and um, experimentation with the format has always been so emblematic of like what FMU means. Yeah, I would agree with that. I I knew about them when I lived in Jersey City originally um, a while ago, like 1999, 1998. And someone told me that he was like at a barbecue that I was in. Like I was at a barbecue and they said, that's Glenn Jones from Glenn Jones. It might have been Jonesville Station at that point. Yeah. And I didn't know who that was, but I instantly had to go find out who that was, which then led to me listening to WFMU and the different shows on the air. And then which really led me to to volunteering at the station because I wanted to attend an IBJ show. I wanted to see what was going on uh, in real life. It kind of freaked me out. There's a lot of big guys there. I didn't know that you were in the room or I would have said hello, Nicole, but I uh, <laughs> I tended to go upstairs <laughs> and then just watch through the monitors. Yeah. <laughs> but Nicole, you, uh, you've been a fan for a while. I you've been an IBJ been. Uh, and, and a member of the IBJ. Member of the IBJ for nigh on two decades. Wow. If you don't know what the IBJ is, maybe you're a maybe you're a casual dabbler in the Glenn Jones Radio Program. The yes. IBJ is the International Brotherhood of Jonesy. Mm-hmm. 
transplanted. Really? Oh, yes. I transplanted it. Did they know that you were following them? Oh, yeah. I'm that crazy girl (laughs) 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 who follows fat guys. That's okay. I moved here for WFMU, too. Oh, my God. (laughs) And everyone was like, you're moving somewhere for radio for free? (laughs) It's not a job. No, it's not. Well, <laughs> well, we're all here uh, because of X-Ray and because of Jonesy and because of their radio magic. Um, um, and because uh, this past weekend we We lost, lost a X-ray. great one. Yeah. So tonight we wanted to be able to open the phone lines uh, for those that might want to call in and uh, give a story or um, speak about uh, X-ray, uh, of course, through FCC standards. Mm-hmm. Uh, so feel free to give us a call throughout the show at 201-536-9368. Um, and then also what we're going to do is just uh, share some of the uh, lovely words from a few folks that had some nice things to say. We're going to be talking to Wheeler and Tabanez. And we're going to be talking to uh, former DJ Chris T. And then uh, at the end of the hour, we will be listening to a piece from Nicole. And in between, we're going to be sprinkling in some really wonderful radio magic that came from some conversations between X-Ray and Glenn Jones. And I hope you uh, laugh and cry along with us because that's what I did when I was listening to this stuff. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, to begin with, why don't we go ahead and start with uh, this clip, Emily. But if we took this place down with us like the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory, Jones, they'd put a plaque up here or something at least. Oh, I On know. this spot in 2016, Glenn Jones and X-Ray Burns went up and went out. I know one thing. Friedman would have the station up and running someplace in like... Oh, in a matter of in days. A, in a matter of hours. Over Todd's apartment. Possibly. You'd move everything over there. Uh-huh. Yep. But we'd be remembered forever. As it stands now, they're probably only well, going to remember us for like 30 years. They're only going to remember us until the last Until the next best dies. thing comes along, right? As simple as that. <sighs> well, we'll be electronically archived for future generations to loathe. It is kind of amazing right. how far the archives go back at this point. Over a decade of shows there. Oh, yeah, well over a decade. Uh-huh. Plus, I have the other missing years <laughs> in boxes in my basement. Yeah, I they... thought about uh, revisiting them, but some things best left alone. Yeah, they're ter- I don't even want to hear the things that I said. They're pretty terrifying. I don't even want to hear the things that I said on the air. Right, a lot of screaming and yelling and uh-huh. non sequiturs and that sort of thing. And obviously, we've changed. Oh, we've calmed over down over the years. years. Yes. It would make much more sense now. I remember getting an email uh, from, from a listener complaining, you've changed, man. <laughs> and I got really mad. And then I thought about it, and I'm like, well, wait, no, you've changed. Wait a minute. It's right. been like 30 years. I would hope you would change some, somewhat. Can't help but change, right? <sighs> Big crowd here today for Christmas. We sure do. For the just, holidays. We have 10 people here, plus you and me. That makes 12. That so. makes a dozen. That Let's see if we get sure a baker's does. dozen. We have some delicious holiday cookies that Gail mm-hmm. brought. Have lovely gifts. Uh, Michelle and Rich, Nicole and Gary are here. Reverend Jim, rare holiday appearance from Reverend Jim. What would Christmas be like without the Reverend? Oh, right. look at him! Look at him! He's beautiful. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, the the famous stunt man, always here, always on time. You can count on him. 
Because someday when you stroke out or something on the air, I'm going to jump in that chair. And Ilmar's going to jump in my chair. And we're going to say nice things about you. Well, just turn the mic on first so I can die on the air. Well, are you going to go like, quietly uh, or are you going to go screaming? I think, I think Jack Spector, if I'm not mistaken, died on the air at an AM station in Long Island, WHLI. I'd rather go out on the big stage like uh, Dick Sean. Nah, you go out like a radio guy. You go out on the air. Remember Dick Sean? Everybody was laughing because they thought it was part of the act. He went out on stage. Yeah, he was doing like some live comedy show. Oh, he wasn't <laughs> known for that kind of act, though. <laughs> so and he went down, it out. and everyone was like, oh, oh, that's the greatest thing I ever saw. But then he just laid there. Well, they me. say that about Red Fox. He was doing his uh, new TV show that uh, Eddie Murphy set him up with because he was you know, kind of bankrupt and down on his luck. Right. And uh, they say they thought he was doing his heart attack routine. But that sounds like something your agent makes up after your death, too. How many so, years has Red Fox been gone? He's been gone a long time. Long time, yeah. Somewhere in the mid-80s, if I'm not mistaken. Because he wasn't that old when he was doing Sanford and Son. No. Right. Um, he just I, looked I old. thought he was. He's just poor health. And he Here's how old. cool he was. Uh, a friend of mine saw him once outside of a Vegas hotel and uh, screamed at him like, Hey, where's the uh, Sanford walk? Because he was walking normally, and he broke into the Sanford, like limp. <laughs> That's kind of neat. Got to like guys like that. I do. I, that's pretty much the way I walk now all the time. Uh-huh. Shuffling and limping. Yep. So, boy, what a showbiz exit he really did have. Yeah. <laughs> Out on the air. Like a, like like a, a radio, pro. Like a radio man. That's sure. Yeah. We've got a phone call. We have call. a call. Let's, yeah. Let's check in. Joe S. Joe S., are you with us? Hi, you're on the air. Yes, I am. We're using your uh, your name like you're not part of the station here, but you were a longtime volunteer. If this is the right Joe S. Yes, it is. Oh, oh. great to have you, hey, Joe. Joe. We Hi, miss ladies. you. We do miss you. It's really I good to you hear your too. voice. You're one of those yeah, integral wish, wish folks. This was, <laughs> wish this was better circumstances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, do you have any uh, any thoughts that you'd like to share with the audience? Well, I mean. Well, first of all, we're going to talk about x-rays, so hold on. Okay. Um, I mean, I've known, about, I've known about the guys since I was 18. I'm 44 now. You do that math. I don't do math like that anymore. You were all skinny men. Then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, I, I'm not going to even try to misrepresent the fact that I was a friend of x-rays or anything like that. I was not. I, I had the, the special opportunity to spend a few moments with him and share some adult beverages and share some not safe for work conversations here and there. <laughs> but those guys were a representation of a group of misfits in the world that nobody else ever spoke for. Yeah. I mean, it's just, and, and, you know, pretty much they are along with Irwin and a few other, they are, they are FMU. I mean, they are what it represents. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it's unfortunate, but it, it's never going to be the same. And uh, I guess I guess the bad, one of the best stories is, is X-Ray was just one of those guys that was probably from the outside world seen as being a curmudgeonly smart ass and you know and everything else. But he was so far from that. And and yeah. I mean the the situation Kim and you and I discussed it real quick before I called in the other day is that you know my story is I was working the um, holiday party I think it was like 2015 and uh, it's the one Holmes played. Um, and we and and we arranged for a food truck to be outside to sell Taylor ham and egg cheese Taylor ham egg and cheese sandwiches and hot dogs 
So early that day, I went up to Glenn and X-Ray, as I was want to do when I was working the show there. They said, hey, guys, you need anything? Let me know. You know, I'm like, ah, no, it's no problem. And X-Ray said, hey, did the truck with the sandwiches get here yet? No, X-Ray, truck hasn't got here yet. I'll let you know. Oh, I'll, I'll make sure I get them. But you need to make sure you get a sandwich. Okay, X-Ray, thanks. I appreciate it. Go away, do my thing for a little while. I get a break in between working people at the door or whatever. They get a break on the air. I walk back. Glenn, X-Ray, you need anything? You okay? Blah, blah, blah. Same thing. Get a sandwich yet? Yeah, X-ray, I got a sandwich. Okay, a couple uh, you know hours or so later, go back, do the same thing, same question out of him. Like X-ray, taking care of. Got a sandwich. I promise you, I'm I'm, I'm taking care of. Show ends. I go upstairs. X-rays in the back room, and I, I I had to deliver a message from him. I don't remember what it was. And I go in the back room upstairs, and he's talking to somebody, and peek my head and say, Hey, excuse me, real quick. I deliver my message say what I got to say to him when I walk out of the back room. And I think I was actually going to talk to you, Kim. You were standing in the other room. And, uh, like, literally 30 seconds later, I feel a tap on my shoulder. He said, did you get a sandwich? Actually, I got a sandwich. You guys just did three hours of insane radio, and all you're concerned about is whether I got a damn sandwich. It's <laughs> <laughs> important. It is important, but I think that really says a lot to the character of those guys. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. yeah, I think so. They were always looking for 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 other people, and and they were very empathetic. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. to to always be looking out for the people around you. Yeah. At an event that's about you, when I you've gotten yeah. that big, yeah, is always that. That's just amazing to me. Yeah. But, to still have your mind on other people. But did they ever think it was about them? And that's that's the question I have to ask. Yeah. I I, I don't think I don't think they do. No, no, I think that's what makes someone so authentically good is that they're not looking to get praise or they're not looking for any ulterior motive of them being a good person. Yeah. Right. And I I get what you're saying. It's like it wasn't about them. It was about like the show and the community around the show. Like they saw themselves as just other members of that community. But IBJ was all about it. It wasn't like, yeah, they weren't. It wasn't like a bunch of people that were like hanging around to, you know, yeah. worship them. It was like, no, we're just, we're all part of this same community and we just happen to be the two that are on the air. We're going to take the rest of this offline. We've got another call coming through, but Joe, I can't thank you enough for calling in and sharing your story. Appreciate thank you it. for doing this for everyone, guys. Yeah, thanks no. for calling. I will see you guys soon. I yes. hope so. I can't wait. I hope you so. Yeah. <laughs> all right, see you, Joe. Bye, Joe. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. Fago Ferry from <laughs> Carney. Do you know this person? No, but uh, off, off uh, a juggalo. Oh, it's oh, a juggalo. Yeah. We've got a juggalo I'm, I'm not, on line two. I'm, I'm, I'm actually not a juggalo. I'm just the uh, what, what X-ray referenced as the Fago Ferry. Ah. <laughs> Can you explain what that means? So, I so, might not so be as deep as I. So <laughs> what it means is that my fiance and I would visit her family in Detroit. And every time we were out there, we would get a 12-pack of Moon Mist Fago. Okay, yeah. And we would drive back from Detroit, you know, usually 9, 10, 11 hours sometimes. And we would stop at his front door and drop it off at 30 Webster Avenue. Yeah. On his front door. Oh. I mean, and we'd go out there four or five times a year. But every every time we did, we always brought him back some Fago. What I want to know is when people actually did go to 30 Webster Avenue, 
like did he answer the door was he appreciative of people actually going to his house and like showing oh, no, that I, he... I mean i i would i would I, it was a ring and run i would <laughs> jump back in the car and drive away as possible, you know? that's the way to do it as long you as know, it's not and, a bag and, and, of dog. And the, great, the great thing about it is, I mean, you know, over the years of knowing him, I mean, I wasn't to, you know, their show for 20 years and been going to the holiday parties for almost as long. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, so I, you know, I reached out to him and, you know, actually at one point he posted on Facebook that he had all these feral cats in his backyard. And one of my cats, is now from his backyard. Oh, really? <laughs> which is, yeah, which is a douchebag cat. Just <laughs> What's the name of the cat? Fonzie. Fonzie. Ah, very from perfect. Happy Day, from Happy Days yeah. because his front paws has thumbs. Oh, oh man. Hey. <laughs> well, thank you so much it. for calling in, Fago. We appreciate it. Yeah, right. good to hear Cheers. from you. All right, take L- it easy. Long live X-Ray. Long live X-Ray. Long live X-Ray. All right, what we're going to do now is uh, jump into a, f- a clip, and then we're going to go into uh, our Wheeler conversation. And uh, if you don't know Wheeler Antabanez, uh he's an author, frequent contributor of Weird New Jersey, and um, he's master of the Pacific River, as we all know. And uh, he's been a repeat guest on the Glenn Jones radio program. He's also done a remote at a boatyard, which was pretty fantastic. Yeah. And uh, taking him on some journeys. So. so he's pretty closely tied in with those guys. Yeah. Ah, the things we've seen, the places oh. we've been. A lot of things, man. A lot of, we've done a lot of things. I got no regrets, basically. A couple of things maybe I would have done a little differently, but oh, no, sure. no major regrets. A lot of things I would have done differently, but. I am blessed to have had the opportunity and uh, to have led the life, uh, to have to live the life that I have lived. Yes. Led, whatever I'm trying to say. Yes, I understand entirely. Yes. And nobody would believe half the crap. People well, people always come pe- up to me and they say, hey, I heard you talking about that on the radio. Uh, you shot yeah. the beer can off Jones's head. <laughs> yeah. That'd be funny if you really did well, that. Well, you know. They, uh, they think that it's our writers in Chinatown. Right. That make these things up for us. But no, it all really happened. I first met X-Ray Burns at a weird New Jersey party, and, uh, you know, it was just a small party. It wasn't, like, um, one of their big gatherings. This was more like uh, just, like, coworkers and uh, friends and family. And X-Ray was there, and uh, he came up to me, introduced himself, and he was like, oh, yeah, you know, I really like your nightshade stuff. I grew up on the Passaic River, all this. And I was like, oh, cool, you grew up on the Pacific River. He's like, yeah, we used to go down there and uh, smoke weed and take acid. And I was like, oh, my God, this guy is speaking my language. Um, and so that night at that party, we talked for, like, I don't know, the longest time, you know. Very natural, very easy guy to talk to. And uh, he was saying, he's like, you know, oh, yeah, I do a show on Sundays on FMU. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, you know, uh, Glenn Jones. And I was like, oh, yeah, the two guys who talk on Sundays. Yeah, you know, because I've been listening to WFMU forever. And uh, 
but I never like paid attention to their show enough to really like know that much about it. But I had caught them talking a bunch of times and been intrigued. Anyway, after meeting X-Ray that first time, you know, I started listening to the show and became like a huge fan. And then I went back and I listened to the archives and I went deep, deep, deep into the archives. And because uh, I do like a lot of work in my workshop, you know, I listened to a ton of audio books, but I started listening to Glenn Jones and X-Ray and it was like this special vibe. I don't know. It was like a good feeling. It was like um, like Sunday, anytime you wanted it. You know, that Sunday feeling, you could just get it by going to the archives and putting on X-Ray and Jonesy. So I did a lot. I listened to them quite a bit, and I became a fan. Um, and then Billy Jam, I was also a fan of, uh, you know, Put the Needle on the Record, still am. Um, and I wrote him like this uh, this email, just kind of a fan letter, and and he had me on, and we became friends. And anyway, he wanted to do a remote from the Passaic River, um, and this was back uh, before I was on the river at Rap's Boatyard as like my headquarters. I was just getting to know Bill Rap at this time, and so I asked Mister Rap if we could come and do this. Um, remote broadcast on a Friday afternoon from his boatyard. And so after like a little bit of convincing, he agreed. And X-Ray was our guest, um, uh, Mark and Mark from Weird New Jersey. But, you know, a bunch of people like who grew up on the Passaic River and Mr. Rapp himself. And X-Ray just, he just killed it. You know, it was, he was amazing. Like he got on the mic and I, I was so lucky I got to sit next to him and just, like, listen to these stories firsthand, you know. And then, you know, that was a really awesome, fun time for everyone involved uh, in that day. We had such an awesome time, such a good feeling. And um, afterwards, the boat yard became, like, my headquarters um, for the book I'm writing about my adventures on the Passaic River. So I was down there all the time. You know, I stop and see x-ray at his house we'd hang out like smoke and i'd go out on the boat you know um go for a ride and it was it was awesome to be able to stop there and just like you know hang out first and then he came out with me on the boat we went all the way down to the plasky skyway um you know and then he got to see the whole lower passaic and then we went up to the 8th street bridge and passaic um, so we saw like the whole navigable portion of the Lower Passaic River from, you know, the boat, from my speedboat perspective. Um, and I got to record him the entire time, like this running commentary, this narrative uh, that he was just kind of like kicking out like he always does. Um, but it was cool because we were on the boat and he's talking about old Carney. He's talking about Carney Point and the exploding bat factory and just... All this cool history from X-Ray's perspective, and luckily I have all that on film. I'm saving that for um, my movie, and uh, you know I wrote about him in the book and stuff too. So that's that's pretty cool, um, just to have all that recorded for my own posterity, so I can go back and read it that chapter about X-Ray and be like, oh yeah, you know we had that time together. Because for me, you know, here I am hanging out at the boatyard, but like to actually it was like famous you know like i i love that show um so just to have 
to meet him and to get to know him a little bit in person and see that he wasn't just funny on the air. That's just his natural state. He was just a funny guy. Like he couldn't turn it off. He, he, you never want him to. He was just like, he always had something interesting or funny to say. He always had this enthusiasm, um, totally different. I don't know, like thought, process than me you know like came from a completely different place politically and all this but just that didn't none of that mattered with x-ray you know you could just he just he was personable in in a way that's completely unique i never seen or met anyone like him before um so yeah we got to work together on like a few cool things for weird new jersey we did a story about the bat factory um, you know, we just had a good time. I, I got had the honor of coming on the show and sitting down um, where X-Ray usually sits. And, and he sat in Jonesy's chair. And, you know, we did this show one day when Jonesy couldn't come in. And it was like, oh, my God, just to, to just be on the air on that show was like a huge milestone for me. And I guess now, you know, that we lost X-Ray, it's like it takes on a whole other, like, special meeting inside. And I'll, I'll never forget X-Ray. And, um, man, Sundays just are not going to be the same. It's killing me. You know, like, I have purely selfish reasons. I just, I love the show. <laughs> I don't want to see it end, you know? Like, what am I going to listen to? Um and thankfully, they, you know, Jonesy and X-Ray left this legacy of like 30 years of broadcasting gold. Um, and, you know, FMU just has it online. You can just go listen to it. So, like, that that stands as a monument um, to X-Ray and to the show. And, you know, Jonesy's still alive, but it's a monument to him, too, man. I mean, this is a huge accomplishment. And, uh, man, I'm just I'm glad I got to be a listener, and uh, I'm glad I got to know X-Ray a little bit. And, man, I just I didn't know how precious that time was um, until Sunday, and I was like, oh, my God. Because I think for most people, it's like, you know, we heard there was a GoFundMe for him, and then the next minute we're hearing that he died, and it's just like, ah, you know? So... But anyway, obviously, he is incredibly well-loved, and he's going to be missed by all of us. And, you know, my heart goes out to his wife, Sharon, and Jonesy, and, you know, everyone else who he touched. Um, It's sad, but we should also celebrate his life because, you know, X-Ray was an amazing guy, and we were all lucky to have known him. So, uh this one's for x-ray man you know we're gonna miss you and uh love you so rest in peace kenneth green so there you go well said well yeah. thoughts with whaler we're, our phone banks are are they're lighting, lighting up. up like a christmas so tree. we're gonna talk to shelly who from my understanding knew x-ray before he was x-ray so oh, man this I can't is wait to this a... is good yeah shelly shelly hello Hello. Hi. Thanks for hanging in. And thanks for everybody else hanging in. Just keep on hanging because we're just going to be getting to different calls um, in between in between segments. <laughs> sure. How are you? How are you, Shelly? Are you hanging in? Are you doing okay? Yeah, I'm hanging in. I'm sorry. Don't worry about it. 
Did I hang a little longer? No, nope. no, go. We'd love it. to hear yeah. how you what 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 was Kenneth Green like before he was X-ray Burns? So um, he was a super nice guy. He was very. Uh, he and I were polar opposites. Let's just put it that way. I am a, a liberal hippie chick from the '70s who never grew out of it, and he and I are sat next to each other in German class of all things for for four years and. Um, German probably, class. Yeah, we took German together. And uh, and a lot of other classes, too. But German was the one, you know, we always sat next to each other. And we would argue. and But we we loved each other. We were just so, we were friends. Mm. And we were just so opposite. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. I'm getting a little choked up. But, um, yeah, he was great. He was such a great guy. Like, I've just been, I was telling the, um, the guy who answered the phone, I, I was just sort of, I realized that because um, of social media, I actually had whole conversations with him still in my message box. So um, I was just reading through some of them. And, uh, you know, we we had always hoped to at least, you know, get together again and see each other. And um, I moved away um, shortly after high school. So I never really um, I never knew X-ray Burns. I never uh, met him or saw him. I, of course, listened. um, But. Uh, never really met him personally, but Ken was Ken was my buddy, and <laughs> I'm going to miss him terribly. Oh. Any questions? About- <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm 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 just impressed. <clears throat> he was super yeah. super skinny. It's yeah, really? and he was a handsome guy. I put on a pretty handsome picture on our homepage. I yeah, mean, he was dashing. Yeah, very. And his yeah, personality skinny, was always dashing. Skinny kid. Yeah. Um, yeah. And again, yes, dashing. I mean, like, the, you know, the things, uh, the, the, the conversations we had were just, and, and the things that we talked about were, 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 I feel, I feel like we just had, like, we were, we had, we had known each other before, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And, yeah. and that was the way it was. And yeah. I don't know if it's appropriate to say this, but I'm kind of pissed off at him for not telling me he was sick. Yeah. I'm um, sure you're not alone. Yeah, I don't, like I said, I'm not, I'm not sure that's a nice thing to say, but I just yeah. I kind of wish I had gotten the chance. Yeah. But, yeah. So. He's, it was surprising for someone who gives his home address and asks people to come and murder him that he was right. also a very <laughs> private person, you know? Right. And it's, it's an interesting dichotomy that you don't really expect for someone that is so um, extroverted, you know, that he, that he did have a very private life. I'm sure that there's a professional out there who who isn't surprised by that at all. But as you know, as someone who doesn't know anything about um, human nature like that, it does because he he describes himself to me uh, in our conversations since you know we reconnected um, over the years as being an introvert. And then I listened to his radio program and he's like, <laughs> you know, and, and you're he like, ha! yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, yeah, but we really enjoyed each other's company. And, and um, I always used to tell him, I don't know who X-Ray Burns is, but, you know, Ken Green's my friend. Oh, that's And, you great. know, and he appreciated that, I think, too. <laughs> yeah, so. That's yeah. really great. It's it's nice to hear from a different layer of his life. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you, yeah. Shelley, for calling. Well, thank you. for calling yeah. in. Appreciate Take, it. All right. Th- thanks so much. You and, too. Uh, yeah, let's all, let's all hope that he's. He's, I don't know, laughing at us or something. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Yeah, take All care. Right. Good night. Good, Good night. night. Good Good night. night. Bye. I knew their brother. They used to dress exactly the same. It's almost as good as having a monkey. Right. You know, people who have twins and dress them exactly the same. It's as mu- almost as much fun as a monkey. 
twin monkeys or a monkey? Well, it's almost as fun to have twins and dress them exactly the same as it is to have a monkey and dress it up. What if you had twin monkeys? How would you tell them apart? That would be part of the fun. You'd have to cut... Only I could tell them apart. You'd have to cut one of their thumbs off. So you can tell them (laughs) apart. No, you don't want to cut their thumbs off. Why not? They got fingers on their feet, bro. There's extra thumbs. Nah. Believe me, there's extra thumbs. Nah, just carve something to its forehead. One. Yeah. one Monkey one, monkey two. Yeah. Okay, that would work. Uh Uh-huh. That would work. But brand them. Brand them with your hot plate. What would you name your monkey? Um, Kissinger. Kissinger. <laughs> Is that because you find it such a kissy face? Because they are so cute? I wouldn't be kissing Or does it have something to do with the former head of state? There's former head of state, oh. Henry Kissinger. Dr. Henry Kissinger to you, Bill. Yes. And um, I wouldn't be kissing the monkey. Why not? Mm, not my scene. Not even on the cheek? No. Cute little monkey. As a smoker, I don't do as much kissing as I used to, number one. For the monkey's sake, I wouldn't be kissing it. But the monkey mouth is not really designed for kissing, bro. Hard enough to do other things with the monkey mouth. And plus, they got those big, flat teeth. Might bite your tongue off, too. That'd be the first thing to go. Might not be able to control themselves. Any monkey that I bought would have to be uh, have its teeth removed. What you want to do is cut the, the end of their tongue so they can speak. What do you mean, cut it? Like, lengthwise? Then you'd have a forked tongue monkey. All I it would do know. is I've lie. I've always heard that they do that to birds. You cut the end of their tongue so they can speak. Oh, yeah? Do they? Do those talking parrots? I don't they know. Cut Let's their tr- try off? it. <laughs> we don't have a parrot, but we'll do the seagull here. Yeah, we can right. seal it on up with the... Talk! The hot plate. Talk, you feathery freak! <laughs> no matter how many parts we cut off this bird, <laughs> well, we taught it to scream. <laughs> I heard, uh, I thought there was a cat getting, like, killed or something outside oh, my window. I was probably just doing it, Burns. Well, no, that's what I thought. You know, I thought it was a cat engaged in some kind of yes. activity. I looked outside, it was the squirrels. Oh, really? Yeah, making a distinctly cat-like sound, which I've never seen before, Jones. Maybe they're trying to trick you into throwing out some more rolls or pizza. Pizza. No, they got their own pizza, man, remember? Uh-huh. But there's something, something's up with the squirrels this year. They've, they're particularly aggressive. And used to be, even if you were, say, in the kitchen and you saw a squirrel in the backyard, you could just make eye contact with the squirrel and make a face and the squirrel would take off. Perhaps they've they've received a phone call from some of the squirrels that you've abused. That, that was all the more reason why they should take off. But now I go outside and they don't take off. They stand Is it there. really a reason they should take off or is it a reason they should band together and confront you? Someday they will band together and confront me, but fortunately they have little squirrel brains, which is the same reason my neighbors don't band together and confront me. Now, if you could teach a racehorse to golf, then you can make some serious coin. Oh, come on. Let's get, let's get serious now. A racehorse can't golf. Now, a monkey. A monkey could golf. It, the day that they let monkeys golf, Jones, is the day I hang up my cleats and funny hat. The problem with the monkeys, though, is most of their arms are so low to the ground, they would need special clubs. Right, and that would put them in violation of the of the rules. You can't play with that specialized equipment. Well, they'd have to have their own rules. It's not like they could play on, under you'd the rules. you have to play of, monkey rules. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Now, but I don't know where they'd show that on TV. They already bumped the ladies' golf on. The monkey like, channel. Well, they show it on the, you know, the network golf is all men's. Then the women are relegated to cable golf. So where do you put the monkey golf? Pay-per-view. Monkey channel. Pay-per-view. There is no monkey channel. There should be. Come on. Tell, don't you tell me you wouldn't watch the monkey channel fairly frequently if there was a monkey channel. But then Featuring it, all it, kinds of monkeys. It would be the watchers watching the watching, Jones. Watching the watchers. What difference does it make as long as people are out there watching, Burns? You know, the cable boxes, they can tell 
like the temperature of your sack. Just if you walk near, I got this new converter box for the digital cable. And the guy came in and showed me the capabilities. Terrifying. Mm. He knows what you're doing, where you are, what room you're in in the house. I'm sure. How many outlets you have, how many phone lines you have. Doesn't surprise me. And you can't tell me it's not slowly, surely plotting with the other cable boxes in the neighborhood against me, Jones. No, I can't tell you that. It communicates. Not only with other cable boxes, but with Cable Box Central down there on River Road, North Arlington. Oh, yeah, the big cable box <laughs> in the sky, man. Oh, well, it's in North Arlington, actually. That's the nexus of the evil Comcast Come Empire. on, there's a, bigger, there's a bigger cable box out there someplace. Don't be naive. You're going to tell me the biggest ca- cable box, the head cable box, is in North Arlington, New Jersey? They put it there because they don't want you to know, man, because it's man. a prime terrorist target. Uh, That's the first thing they do is they wipe out the oxygen channel. What will we do then? Beats me, Burns. Beats me. Jonesy. The Glenn Jones radio program featuring X-Ray Burns. Do you realize that there's nobody better than us? Uh, who loves you? You do. Glenn Jones radio program featuring X-Ray Burns, WFMU Starnge, WXHD Mount Hope, and worldwide all over the world. Which just keeps getting smaller once you get out on your own, Burns. Uh, I'm not getting into it again with you. Over I'm that. just trying to contradict myself. You bring me any uh, souvenirs? No, nothing. Thanks. Got you nothing. Got you the same thing I got you last year. Nothing. Yeah. Come on. I always make sure. I know you do. You yeah. always bring me something back. Carton of butts I used and to get And we've discussed you. this on the air before. Shot glasses now that you you're were, not smoking. You were accusing me of uh, being cheap, and I explained to you that it's not that I'm cheap. It's that I'm thoughtless. Exactly. No, I, yeah, I don't You are cheap, but... Uh, I'm not cheap at all. I don't know where I, you get that well, from. Maybe, where's my... I can't tell you the last time you bought me a drink. We never go off, out. You did offer to buy me a Taylor Ham sandwich Dude, we never a couple go, weeks ago. go out, so how can I buy you a drink? I'm talking since like 1984, bro. Well, you're talking back when neither of us had money back then. That's no excuse not to buy me a drink. That's a different thing. I bought you drinks. Come on, Burns. Right. I used to buy you a sub sandwich every Once. night. Because I'd be the only person left with money. Once. When we were all banged up, you would make me drive back on the avenue. Once. To mother's hu- mother more dangerous. Hubbard. Right. Right next to the police station, where we would go in there and act like drunks, and I would buy you a sandwich. And that happened numerous times. So this whole That's cheap not bag. True. No, cheap. This whole cheap bag is cheap. ridiculous. Like Jack Benny, bro. I'm not even going to dignify it. Okay. Well, prove me wrong. Run out and buy me a motorcycle. Here. I'll give you five bucks. You go out and buy yourself a drink right now. It's not the same if I have to go out and get it myself. I ain't going out there. And what kind of drink I am I going to buy for five bucks? I got I to gotta operate this board. Any kind of... Premium, premium quality liquor is going to cost more than five bucks a drink these days. You tell me how much it is. I'll give you the money. You run out. Seven fifty. All right, seven fifty it is. It's early though. I don't know. If it, and the nearest bar is blocks away. What do you away. mean it's early? You've been slugging from that flask <laughs> all day long. No, I mean it's too early to go out and buy a drink at a bar. All the old man bars have gone the way of the Eastern uh, Buffalo. Yeah. Well, I don't know how they ever stayed in business anyway with twenty cent beers. Yeah, but there's a lot of alcoholics, bro. Twenty cents. They don't have 20 cent Back beers. Back in the day, they yeah. were like 20 cent beers, little tiny ones. In X-Ray Burns, America, all beers will be less than 20 cents. You spend the whole day at the bar, and you spend $7, right? Times 15 old men. Right. Right, that's uh, that's $105. Low overhead. Hmm. Low overhead, bro. They still pack them in up at the Silver Bell every morning. Silver Bell, yeah. Yeah, yeah. all the shaky, (laughs) shaky drunks. Well, I guess as more and more of those places are gone, I guess the ones that survive are packed every morning at 6 a.m. 
And who the hell would drink at 6 a.m., Burns? I mean, I'm a drunk from way back. Yeah, but I don't Damn, drink. man. Sunday's the only day I drink during damn. the day. Unless I'm in Brooklyn. Oh, we've already been through that. He had, a lot, he had a lot to say about Brooklyn that I didn't include. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we've got uh, we've got some more calls that we oh, got to get to. Oh man, we've um, got a VIP here. We've got a uh, psychopath Jim Fields online too. Hello. Hey Hi. Jim, are you there? Jim. Hi Jim. Fields. Yeah. I'm gonna Hello. start. Yeah. How are you? I'm all right. What you got for us, Jim? How are you? Oh, I'm all right. Where do you want to go? I mean, I talked about a lot of stuff the other night. <laughs> uh, well, I know we, we have only an hour show. Um, yeah, but, I know. That's and saying. I know you've got like 12 hours of things this to is say what to you, us. This is that. I told you, would have come over there? You said, no, you like to talk. <laughs> you, you like to talk? I was going to use you as bed music. I was just going to have you chatter and then just pot you down. So, you know, I know that you're not offended by that. But you have been one of those guys, just for those that are listening. You are one of the guys. Um, you and Ilmar and remind me who else would always be in the room during every single show well i mean maybe just talk about the, the what Omar, it's like being during there during the show me and omar were there you know virtually every week yeah you know, throughout the years there's been a different cast of characters scoop used to come by he was one of the guys from back in the day scoop scoop yeah he was one of our friends yeah and he used to come over a lot. Yeah, life takes you in different directions. He ended up having a granddaughter that he was, likes to roll around on the floor with. Um, yeah, Sheldon, who called before and got dropped, he he he, he was a come by sometimes. Sorry, um, Sheldon. Yeah. Uh, but who else? Uh, yeah, it's yeah. I mean, there's there's been so many over the years. I know we're, we're redoing uh, the building in the back, but uh, you had you had a routine with X-Ray, if I'm not mistaken, in the back butt of golf. WFMU. But butt golf. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> What's butt golf? Butt golf, because we don't we all go out in the back. You can't smoke in the studio, so you have to go out in the fire escape. Yeah. Smoke your cigarettes. Mm-hmm. There was a pole in the parking lot, which is gone, and it broke my heart. Um, the game was to throw your official cigarette butt because it had to be smoked down a certain amount. You had to land it on the pole from the second floor. <laughs> At various times, I heard I wasn't there when they did it, but they said they used gasoline instead of water in the hole. Because <laughs> <laughs> I came in with this, you know, this would be a lot of fun if we did this with gasoline, man. Poof. Well, did it? Ilmar, fill it with antifreeze for a while? Cause yeah, there was antifreeze for a while, <laughs> and then we just kind of landed on water. Oh, that's so funny. Which is much, yeah, it's just a lot cheaper than antifreeze to waste, you know? Yeah. And yeah. It, was, it was a real uh, feat of, of sportsmanship. You really had to study your parabolic curves and the... Yes, and you had to play the wind. Yeah. Because you never knew when the wind was coming up the driveway and around the building. You couldn't feel it up on top. It was down low. And you throw a nice shot, and the wind would come by, wham, and throw it over against the fence. Whoa. I sure hope the Olympic Committee is listening to this. <laughs> yeah, and it's Ruth, you always have to clean up these butts. Oh, the Bunt Golf Association. <laughs> the Bunt Golf Association. <laughs> Ilmar, during the majors, Ilmar made these flags that were, like, official for, like, the U.S. Open. And 
<laughs> the misters. The we used to call the masters the misters. Oh, man. <laughs> and at, at its height, we would, yeah, I brought a weed whacker. Elmar brought a rake. We'd clean it all up and mm. cut the grass and call it. The, we had artificial turf for a while. I don't know where Elmar came up with it, but he had, yeah, he shows up one day with artificial turf. He cut a hole the size of the pole, put it over the pole, and now we got plastic grass. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I love that. All right, Jim. Thank you so much. Um, sorry that There's, we're going to have yeah, to. Uh, that's okay. This I is the shortest conversation anyone's ever had. Going with you. back to the time we're nine years old. Oh man. So, yeah, you know, nice. I, I'll come by one day, bring beer, and I'll just put me on the air. I'll just sit there and tell you X-ray fire stories. You can use it as bed music. All right. That sounds great. <laughs> that sounds great. All right. Great. Have a good night. You Thanks for taking the call. Of course. Thank and you, Jim, for calling. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. No problem. Bye-bye. And we've got uh, Rachel on line one. One? Yep. Rachel? That's... Hello. Hello! How oh, yay. Hi, Rachel. Hi. Hi. Um, I, I feel weird following up uh, Jim Fields, if that's who I'm following up. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm like, you know, a most later, later in life fan. I, uh, I didn't really listen to the show until maybe the past five, six years. But, um... <laughs> X-ray has the same craptastic birthday as I do of Christmas Eve. Oh, <laughs> so um, I started leaving him birthday presents um, at the station for his birthday, and so we ended up being Facebook friends, and we would talk on Messenger every once in a while. Uh, and like, every once in a while on a Friday, he'd just say hi and see what's up, and maybe give me a picture of his him and his dog sitting on his recliner, and. Um, especially the past, like, couple months when, like, there was a hint of illness, like, nothing too dire, but, like, oh, he's not doing too well. Made a point to, you know, reach out and always be like, hey, man, hope you're doing all right, because I'm a chronically ill person myself, so, like, I can I can relate to that kind of thing. And we would kind of talk about, you know, not feeling too great with each other. And he didn't tell me the severity of what was going on, but, like, I knew that something wasn't so great. He was saying that, you know, things weren't so great. But I was looking back over our messages, and uh, I think last he wrote to me it was the beginning of January. But even then, he was saying how much he hoped that I would feel better mm. and was looking out for me. At, at different points, he said that he was praying for me. And I think one of the coolest things about X-Ray, I'm not sure if anyone else mentioned this, was a lot of people that were really into him did not share his politics right. at all, yeah. you know, but like, but he was such a cool and giving person that no one cared, you know, and, yeah. and he, and he overlooked it in, in others as well, you mm-hmm. know, like clearly I'm sure he didn't like my politics and he could see that clearly online, but still went out of his way to tell me that he was, you know, he was praying for me. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's just a really, he's that's just a really, really good wonderful dude that's really remarkable yeah thank you for sharing that and that's like the thing that we keep hearing is just like his kind of care for other people um man yeah 100 percent. yeah thanks rachel no problem yeah thanks for calling (laughs) (laughs) hang in there yeah take good care of you all right um we're running out of time, and we have uh, another uh, tribute that we'd like to offer. But in the but because poor Sheldon got dropped before, we're going to talk to Sheldon. We got to talk to him really quick. Okay. All right, Sheldon. Sorry about that. Hello? Are you there? Hello. Hello. Sheldon. Hey now. Welcome. <laughs> Sorry <Wow>. about that. <laughs> 
Hey, listen, I go way back with these two knuckleheads. For just to preface it, I met uh, Jonesy first, uh, and it wasn't radio-related, but uh, and I'm not going to get into it, but uh, as I got to know Jonesy, I got to know X-Ray, and uh, they became two very close friends. Uh, this is the first uh, night I haven't cried listening to stories about X-Ray because they've all been entertaining. Other than that, the past few days have been teary-eyed. But one of the few unique things I can say with my relationship with uh, Jonesy and X-Ray is that I had two in-your-house in parties here at my house in 99 and 2000 with those two knuckleheads. So... I got a special relationship with both of them. And uh, God bless X-Ray, his wife and family, and uh, I'll be paying my respects tomorrow. So We'll be there, too. In case uh, anyone doesn't know, um, <clears throat> the, the wake is going to be uh, tomorrow, and that's going to be... Um, At 585 Belgrove Drive in Kearney, New Jersey. Right. It goes from yeah. 4 to 9. It's right, uh, the right. Seal Reed Family Funeral Home. So thanks for reminding me to say that. Yeah, yeah. Anywho, so no, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to let other people talk, but uh, thanks, no, Jimmy. it was deep. It was uh, I was weeping like everybody else Sunday afternoon. Uh, uh, you yeah. know, hey, thanks. Yeah, yeah. You Good know, thoughts. life goes on, and he would want us to just keep talking about him. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> one thing I did read, which is really weird, I. If it's true, I think he passed away same day his father did, which is deep Whoa. and heavy. So wow. I, I, I haven't uh, had much computer time today, but uh, that could that could be true. So <laughs> that's even deeper. That's even deeper, you know, with yeah. the legend of uh, Kenneth Green. So um, and what a legend. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, listen, our paths will cross. I'll be uh, volunteering on uh, March 10th. So um, if you're there, you're there. If not, I'll catch up to you too, uh, whenever. I hope All to right. run into you. Yeah. Thank Thanks, you, Sheldon. Sheldon. I appreciate you. Okay. Later Bye-bye. on. God bless X-Ray <laughs> and his wife and family. Good night. What do you like best about Bugs Bunny? His wit or his good looks? Good, good looking rabbit. Good, good looking rabbit. You get good looks, but you know, and he, he never aged. Yeah, but something I couldn't get past was he had those abnormally large feet, yet he had no visible genitalia of any kind. I mean, that's why it was so good looking. When well, you get I, down to it, that's not very attractive. He was like the David Bowie of cartoon characters. <laughs> right? Wee! <laughs> but yeah, that's part of it, obviously. That's why he could, he was very attractive. Very when he used to wear good looking rabbit. When he used to go and drag, I must admit, everybody sexy. Would think, Very yeah. sexy. And he would put the lipstick on. That's what always uh-huh. got me. Yep. I would wait. I would time it just to the point where he was putting the lipstick on. And there was that one episode where he turned bad at the end. The little red riding hood girl. <laughs> oh, she needed a beat. Down. I know, right. But eventually he gave her gave her what she deserved. Yeah, he, he gave said, her what but for. But he did say, I'm gonna hate myself in the morning. Before he did it. And he piled the furniture on her, and that was the end of her. But her those scrawny legs of hers were holding it up. Loudmouth. Everybody knows that Little Red Robin Hood is an allegory. Little Red Robin Hood? <laughs> <laughs> Little Red Riding Hood is, is a rather obscene allegory, actually. Uh, what, uh, Little Red Robin Hood's kind of obscene, yes. too. Stealing from the rich to give to your grandma. The hive!
that all there is, Jones? Yeah. Is that all there is? Yes. If that's all there is, my friend, then let's keep talking. We'll turn back the clock and have a ball. Uh-huh. If that's all there, there is. is. Yes. Yes. Big Star Trek marathon on BBC America. Yeah, I, I watched it a couple episodes. Yeah, I watched a bunch of it myself. I watched uh, Kirk fighting the Gorn, uh-huh. which is... Is that the thing that wanted to be human in the sky? No, the Gorn was the uh, lizard, like, real cheap lizard man costume. Uh-huh. And uh, these aliens called the Metrones. Uh, Kirk is chasing the, this ship that destroyed the starbase from the planet Gorn or something, right? Uh-huh. And the Met, they get into this unknown sector of space, and the Metrons step in, and they seize both of the vessels, and they put Kirk down on this planet, and they put the captain of the alien vessel down on this planet, and he's the Gorn. He's this giant green lizard man. Uh-huh. And the Metrons tell them, we are an advanced civilization, and we don't appreciate you guys tear-assing through our sector of the universe, killing each other. So we're going to have you two fight it out using only the weapons you can find on this planet. And, uh, of course, the Gorn was smashing Kirk around, hurt him up real bad. And then Kirk started to run, but Kirk saw all these minerals on the ground. Uh-huh. I, even though this was 1968, I don't want to be a spoiler, uh, but Kirk found potassium nitrate, sulfur, and diamonds, and a giant bamboo tube. And he made a primitive cannon, and he blew the hell out of the Gorn. And uh, while the Gorn was laying there on the ground, Kirk was going to finish him off and cut him. But he said, no, I won't kill you. I'm a man of peace. Uh-huh. I come from a land... Yeah, and he told the aliens, like, it is not our way to kill defenseless people, blah, blah, blah. So the Metron said, okay, you're not so bad. Ah. And we'll let you live. And they beamed him back to his ship. Now and, I won't have to watch it. And they let him go on their way. Yeah. But the Gorn only... All right. Well, next up, um, we're actually going to go to another tribute from Chris T. And Chris T uh, was the DJ for Aerial View from 1986 to 2018. Another gateway show of mine. He's an incredible guy. He's got a great radio presence. And he also was the uh, MC at the Mermaid Parade in Coney Island. So let's go ahead and listen to Chris T. Take it away, Chris. This is Chris T. I was at WFMU from 1986 to 2016, 30 years. And in all that time, I knew X-Ray as an on-air colleague and friend. And there's a lot of stories I could tell, but I want to hone in on a couple. One has to do with seeing Bruce Springsteen for the first time ever. I don't remember the year, but I know I ended up with a couple of tickets to a show at the Brendan Byrne Arena in the Meadowlands in East Rutherford, New Jersey, and somehow it was decided that X-Ray and I would go together. So before the show, I ended up in Kearney at his house where we proceeded to get tuned up. And uh, at the show, we were in this row with an older couple behind us with uh, what appeared to be their grandson along with them. And so I was taking my cues from X-Ray. I'd never seen Springsteen live, but uh, like him, I was on my feet throughout the show. We were singing along to every song, whatever words we knew. We were continuing to indulge ourselves in various substances. We were getting really banged up. 
and I, I think he even brought a cooler with him. If some, if memory serves, we were really having a good time, and we were loud, and we were obnoxious, and we were reveling in this in this very New Jersey moment when what I took to be the grandfather of this unit behind us reached over and snatched this hat off of X-Ray's head. And he turned around and he glared at the guy and he, and he, and he grabbed the hat back and he said, don't ever touch me. Don't ever touch me. And the guy was so taken aback that he kind of just sank back in his seat and the wife leaned over and, 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 and said, honey, honey, let's just, let's just go. Let's just go. And I think we scared these people into leaving the Springsteen show. I think X-Ray scared them into, because they, they got up and left. And I don't know where they went to, but we just continued carrying on as if nothing had happened. And, and it just reminded me of how nothing could knock X-Ray off of his course. He was... He was not going to be denied a good time, ever. And uh, the other memory that is far more dear to me has to do with my wife and I meeting, which is uh, because of X-Ray Burns. My wife is uh, an artist, and um, she was at an art show, and she ran into Gina, who is Glenn Jones's girlfriend. And Gina was wearing this WFMU marathon shirt that said Glenn Jones and X-Ray Burns on it. And Sweet Tea, as I call my wife, said, hey, I listen to that show. I've always wanted to meet those guys and do their portrait. And uh, Gina said, well, I can arrange that. So Sweet Tea went and met with Glenn and X-Ray and took their pictures with an instant camera and ended up doing this portrait. The portrait ended up hanging in a show at Maxwell's in Hoboken. And according to Sweet Tea, X-Ray was the only dude that showed up, you know, room full of women. And he really admired the work. And he said to Sweet Tea, I'd like to commission you to paint my dogs as a surprise for my wife, Sharon. Sweet Tea was, was very touched by how excited he was getting about the idea of surprising his wife with these pictures. And so she painted them and got the pictures to X-Ray. He was very excited. And one of the things he did to thank her was give her some tickets to this weird New Jersey Halloween party at the Stone Pony in Asbury Park. This is 2005. And that's where I met her. I met her at the back bar at the Stone Pony in Asbury Park. And as it turned out, we lived six blocks away from each other in Hoboken. So that was 2005. We've been together ever since. And uh, the other thing he did, which he didn't have to do, was when Sweet Tea wrote to him, emailed him and said, hey, thanks for the tickets to the Weird New Jersey party. And by the way, I met this guy, Chris T, and we're going out on a date. And X-Ray wrote back to her and said, he's a good guy. You should definitely go out with him. X-Ray and I didn't always see eye to eye on any number of issues, but... He was somebody you could really love, even if you disagreed with him. There was just something about him that was so magnanimous, just this great presence to be around, this feeling that emanated from him about he was having a good time and you were welcome to have a good time with him. And I'll be forever grateful to the man for vouching for me when he didn't necessarily have to. So long live love and long live X-Ray. My name is X-Ray Burns. This is the Glenn Jones Radio Program. Featuring X-Ray Burns. That's me. 
Jones is elsewhere. But he'll be back. East Jones, he always comes back. It's like when you write a bad check, he comes back. John Glenn's not coming back. But Jones will be back. Now, you may recall a while back when Michael Jackson died. I posed uh, the question to all the listeners. Who was cooler than Michael Jackson? And I think through some consensus, we decided that Neil Armstrong was cooler than Michael Jackson. Um, the guy they named the Turnpike Bridge, Barcelona, the marine hero of Guadalcanal, he was cooler than Michael Jackson. And I think it's safe to say that uh, John Glenn was cooler than Michael Jackson. Now, Michael Jackson did the moonwalk, right? But there was no actual moon in it. And John Glenn wanted to do the moonwalk, but he never got the chance. He just got the, uh, what you call your orbital flight. Not your suborbital flight, because that wouldn't count. He did three full orbits. It was Alan Shepard did the suborbital flight. But John Glenn, he was the guy they sent out there to top that Ruski bastard, Yuri Gagarin. And those other Ruski monkeys and dogs they sent up there to die! But Godspeed, John Glenn, quite a man. He was a uh, hero pilot, served his country in World War II, in the Korean War, and... Uh, of course, he was on television game shows long before he was in the space program. But he was the last of the original Mercury 7 astronauts. Uh, he had the great fortune to go into space twice. Once as a 77-year-old man. I believe that record still stands as the oldest dude ever to go into space. And that takes some stones. Uh, yeah. You're not strapping me into one of those things and shooting me off into the sky. It's great when it works and everything, but even then you have to crap in your suit and everything. It's very uncomfortable from what I understand. And sure, you get to see things, experience things. You know, you do that online these days. You get yourself some virtual goggles. Oh, look at me. I'm in space. You see the earth. Bowie was probably as cool as John Glenn. Although he did not have the heroic uh, achievements that John Glenn did. He was certainly you know, a talented fellow. You never saw John Glenn paint a lightning bolt on his face and try and walk around in platform shoes. There's something to be said for that. But enough with the death. It's been a bad year. He lost Leonard Cohen. Bunch of other greats, too, too many to mention, so I won't. All you gotta know is that I'm still here. Jones is still here, although he's not here. Psychopath Jim Fields coughing up blood, but he's still here. And it's almost Christmas time. And everybody loves Christmas. And you may say, X-ray, X-ray, 
Are you going to play any Christmas music today, X-Ray? Well, nobody loves Christmas more than me. It takes me back to when I was a kid. So I'm going to get ultra-heavy Christmas on you. And you'll know when I do. I'm going to play a very special piece that means a lot to me. Some of you may love it, some of you may hate it, but I love it, and that's all that counts, because I'm in control. So sit back, strap yourself in, pour some out for Mr. John Glenn, Godspeed, get ready to be entertained on some level, in some fashion. X-Ray Burns, WFMU. Thank you. Yeah. Long live X-Ray. Long live X-Ray. Uh, we could have done this easily for another hour or two hours. Um, I just, I, I was stunned by like the number of stories that not only like people, um, we're posting on uh, social media the whole week and how many like we collected from people yeah. um, tonight and then people who called in and then the message board is just flooded with stories and memories and I mean we, we just we could have gone on and on and like heard uh, more and more things and I think you know every time I hear something it's like another facet of him that I didn't know and it's just um it, it's wonderful to hear, but it also just it it, it makes there's a sad. tinge of yeah. sadness because there's so much of him that I didn't know about and didn't get to know. Um, like learning what a what a huge reader he was. Yeah, that he learned German and that he knew German. He knew, he that, was an expert in every single subject matter. Yeah, I mean, I have so many clips that we're not going to be able to play because we don't have enough time, but. I mean, we didn't even talk about the monkeys. <laughs> we didn't even talk about the monkeys. We, we didn't, didn't even, even get talk to the, about monkeys. the monkeys. Or and Christmas, that's not what it really. I mean, or his love yeah. of Christmas. Oh, we're gonna miss you, X-ray. We're really gonna miss you, X-ray. Uh, it's really not gonna be the same on on here without you. No. And I'm glad that Glenn Jones is continuing the show, and I love the idea that there's. Um, the the importance of Glenn Jones is the the story arc within the songs. Yeah. And um, but but that moment that moment when those bagpipes start and yeah. there's that that conversation begins and you hear that click of the lighter, it's magic, man. Yeah. So long what, live X-ray. Long live X-ray. Here's Nicole. X-Ray Burns at WFMU.org Subject I am gullible and you pray for death. I deliver. From NicoleMthern at gmail.com Date Sunday A long time ago Dear X-Ray I really look forward to Sunday mornings. I lived on the West Coast then. Listening to the two of you drinking my coffee and smoking... smoking my things. 
A couple of weeks ago, you captained a solo mission of the Glenn Jones radio program, when all of a sudden you announce, Glenn Jones is dead. I flipped! I put down my coffee, I took a deep breath of mourning, I, I might have even shed a tear. I thought you were so strong for carrying on the program despite the oh-so-recent demise of the host. What a devoted friend! I look for news on the internet. I was gonna send flowers, or make a donation to cancer or something. Boy, was I pissed when I heard Glenn Jones' voice last week. I felt duped, my heartstrings plucked unnecessarily. I seek revenge for tears wasted and emotions emoted in the only way that I know how. I write you a story problem. X-Ray Burns is found dead of a heart attack on his kitchen floor, next to a thawing frozen pizza. The following facts have been provided by the coroner. At 12.30 a.m., X-Ray's body temperature was 88 degrees Fahrenheit. The pizza was at 45 degrees Fahrenheit. At 12.45 a.m., X-Ray's body temperature was 85 degrees Fahrenheit, and the pizza was at 60 degrees Fahrenheit. The ambient room temperature is 68 degrees Fahrenheit. Please answer the following questions. 1. When did you die? And 2. How cold is your freezer? Most fondly, Nicole Imthern, scorned math teacher. 2. Nicole Imthern at gmail.com Regarding, I am gullible. You pray for death, I deliver. From X-Ray Burns at WFMU.org Date, later that Sunday. Aha! The game is afoot! Thermodynamics was never my strong suit, but I will use the clues and solve this mystery. Hmm. Don't kill me until I figure out the answer. X-Ray. 2. X-Ray Burns at WFMU.org Re-regarding. I am gullible and you pray for death. I deliver. From NicoleImthern at gmail.com Date. Still Sunday. Okay. I'll wait. 2. NicoleImthern at gmail.com Re-re-regarding I am gullible, you pray for death, I deliver. From xrayburns at wfmu.org Date. A few days later. Dear Nicole, As the black helicopters hovered over 30 Webster Avenue, the coroner did a quick calculation using his BlackBerry cell phone and concluded that the infamous X-Ray Burns drew the last drag from his cigarette at 11.50 and 37 seconds p.m. The frozen pizza slipped from my hands and rolled down the stairs as my considerable girth crashed to the floor, leaving sauce and melted cheese on top of the layers of other accumulated ooze on the basement floor. In the last moments before losing consciousness, I opened the door of the freezer and carved these words into the one degree Fahrenheit frost inside. Jones lives! 
X-ray Burns will return as the world's most dangerous jerk-off, and Ian Fleming's douchebags are forever. This was probably the most entertaining email I have ever received. Thank you, X-ray. That was all it took. He solved my problem, and we were fast friends to the end. All I had to do was kill him. I miss him. And I know you do too. Because something tells me. I don't know what it is. It wasn't a little bird. It wasn't the writing on the wall or every other goddamn played out cliche that lets you know what's going to happen after you die. But something tells me. You're going to miss me.